to Travis, that's when the directional gets a little. Yeah, well, we used to. Um, we used to have the mini ball. Yeah, I just just hit it. <laughs> we're, we're recording now. We're recording. I, we used to have this mini ball that people would play with. Like I remember, Rich Lamborn would just be like popping back and forth. Like we're all just such fidgety, little ADD people. So it helped <laughs> to have a play thing while we were it's recording. True. That was at our old old studio. You were the OG studio, though. You were kitchen table. I was kitchen table. Oh, that yeah. is OG. Yeah, that was like five years ago, right? Dang. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. Five yeah, years. well, kind of. Take two. Well, this we is had, take rough, two. We had so a rough draft. A month ago. Yeah, probably. you guys couldn't record one without me. You know, we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Have to wait until we get back. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> but I love this setup. Yeah. The kitchen table was fun, but. Yeah. It was, this it was is casual. very. Professional, yeah. We really, got the what we needed up this the time. surfboard yeah. up. That was the problem last time. The surfboard's on the ground. Yeah, it was on the ground. I wanted it to be. Up when I came back. So. Perfectionist. <laughs> yeah, love it. Well, Ms. Sarah Pavin, it's good to have you back on for we'll call it episode two and a half. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about the the lost tapes. We'll I had fun catching out. up with you, though. It was fun just to to chat and catch up. Yeah, it's been a while. And then we practiced together yesterday, so we did. I've been seeing you more. It's oh, funny because usually... The lefties yeah. got mm-hmm. out there together. I'll get a, a call maybe once or twice a month from a women's team before they go play in Elite 16 to be either a Sarah Pavin body double <laughs> or a Katya Stam body double. Uh. And so then I was, I didn't know that until I was, yesterday. I was playing my body double. I was like, what do, what do I do? <laughs> I'm playing myself. I felt pressure to be like, okay, if you're my body double, I need to be better than my body double. But you're a man, so that's not going to happen. So you probably, the girls are extra prepared when, when you go because you're pr- better than me. So, <laughs> I don't know. They though. play me and they're like, easy. You have some, you bring some heat because usually when I'm in a women's practice, I'll get a little bit more careless with my pulled eggs. I pulled on you a few times. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you did pull. Those were bold decisions. <laughs> He's a bold puller for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he needs, the decision making was interesting, especially yeah. because if, if, if it's you're a, me. It's almost offensive, right? right? You like, don't pull a whole lot. I don't pull, really. Right. Yeah. So, but I appreciated it. Yeah. It's almost offensive, though, when someone's pulling on you. It's like uh, two feet off. You're like, oh. Yeah. Do you really think I hit that soft? <laughs> yeah. like, that happened today too in a practice. I was like, the decision making is interesting. Right. Yeah. Like well, 50 50 cents. And you're about to, you're doing Arizona this weekend, yes. right? Yeah. Oh. You and Stockman. How was it playing with Stockman? Great. Yeah. It's, I don't know if I'm aging myself with this, but I'm seeing there's like definitely a generational gap uh-huh. i'm noticing okay, okay. and yes. so to play with somebody that's like close to my age mm-hmm. it's just different yes in a good way no, i'm feeling yeah. the similar thing i've been called a little more old school like i think that's why hayden was like okay with me because he's very old extremely old school obviously yeah. he's like mm-hmm. three generations ago uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. but yes it's you can definitely see a different, not, not necessarily work ethic, because it's just a different type of work, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it is. What, uh, how would you descri- yeah. describe it? Because it's not like so, the, some of the younger athletes are amazing, and they put in oh, the absolutely. time to be awesome. But it almost, it's just like that like dirty grittiness that yeah. seems different, right? I, yes. Stockman does have that. Yes. We know that. She does. I would say that it is 
A, the grittiness, mm-hmm. and B, the mentality around intensity. Oh, that's um, a good point. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Especially, I don't know if you guys experience this because you're men, mm-hmm. but as an intense woman, mm-hmm. that's already kind of on edge. I can see and that. And then you add the generational gap. Right. Where there is, I would say the younger athletes, there is a much stronger focus on mental health maybe and (laughs) mindset and just like having fun right like compete but have fun and it's like no like me screaming is fun yeah that is (laughs) so there's that disconnect that i have experienced and so like stockman is very close to my age very similar mentality Mm -hmm. and it's just like the matter of fact like intense information is just good. There's yes. no fluff attached. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes, Whereas that's a good with point. other athletes, and I don't want to like generalize, yeah. but it's a pattern that I have been seeing. Right. It's more just like, okay, is the delivery right? Right, right, right. Do I look happy so when I'm don't. delivering this? <laughs> like, <laughs> Should um, I smile? <laughs> yeah, like all those things, and it's just like, yeah, I don't. Have that's to think a good about way to it. put it. Well, it's like when you think about how are these kids taught in elementary school and like middle school and like our teachers were allowed to fail us, fail us. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I had a, I had like a football teacher once and he was the football coach and like we literally choose physical or uh, writing punishment. Like when we got, it wasn't like I wasn't getting beaten in schools, which like the generation before us actually did. Like mm-hmm. they got paddled. But, like, it was much different where he could, like, smack me upside the head. He's my teacher. And it was just like, you know, I, mean, I yeah. just got to take it. Whereas <laughs> yeah. nowadays, like, you can't do it. Like, the kids, you know, it's abuse. Like, there's exactly. certain things that used to happen to us were just kind of normal, like, toughen, toughen you up. Whereas now it's literally, like, you might go to jail. Yeah. As a teacher or, or coach even or something like, like that. No something. water at water breaks when you're a kid. It's like, that was just exactly. punishment. No, you don't get water. Now it's like, oh, no, you have you go get water. You didn't get water. Like when I was a kid, you were like, (laughs) (laughs) you weren't allowed to get water breaks if you did it wrong or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. Run till you throw up. Yeah. Like you're going to run until you throw up or like you're, you suck. Just get out of the door. Right. Yeah. Leave the freaking gym. Yeah. Just leave the gym. (laughs) You're awful. Come back when you're ready to be better. Or like I didn't play. Well, what did you do wrong? Right. You know, like you don't mm. really see that as much anymore. It's Oof. like, oh. Can you imagine coaching like no. club or something now? Right now? Absolutely not. I cannot. <laughs> no. That'd be rough. The worst part, when I was covering <laughs> Fair high play, school sports, are you kidding? No, I decided, I, I like, my discovery was that the worst people in the world are the parents of high school athletes right now. Right, okay. Because it's, you know, the kids are raised a certain way. And it starts with the parents where mm-hmm. if you yell at a kid, I'm so grateful that my dad was hard. Like he yelled at us. And right. now I look back and I'm like, dad, you could, you couldn't get away with the stuff you, right. you and the tone that you said. It no. And he we was nothing kids. compared to his dad. Right. Probably. Yeah. Right. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I think can't. of things that like coaches said to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. If yeah. that was. Oh, hundred percent. But like, I didn't have a problem with it. And I really mm-hmm. think that it helped make me into the athlete I am. Yes. Um, but now, so it's like a different. It must be a different thing that drives kids nowadays or athletes. I don't know. Yeah, because like, that because that is something that we value now. Later 
in life that we're like, we're glad we're taught to be tough. But then this next generation is succeeding and doing well in their own way. So it's like, what are they pulling from in that same way? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause all the sports are getting so creative and innovative. Like, um, you read, uh, Hicks and Gracie's book. Right. Yes. And he was talking about it, how in, he's one of the best jujitsu jujitsu, right? Yeah. His family basically invented Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. And so what he said is that the generation that came after him, their baseline was now all the new things that he had innovated. Right. And now you, you see it with beach volleyball where the yes. baseline is just higher, where there's no, you know, now you have the jump setting and the movement offense and the way that people are blocking mm-hmm. the baseline, the skills you're learning at a young age are now like what the elite, like the top of the class used to do when they were in their prime. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just the next generation is just seeing those skills and that's their new baseline. And that's how it's going to be innovate. every yeah. generation. But yeah. personality wise, I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely different. I talked to the Swedes the other day, yeah. two days ago, and um, they said their coach is the reason that they jump set everything. Like he yeah. just made them like, this is how we play volleyball from day one. I don't know what age they started together with that coach, mm-hmm. but that was like his thing. So like they learned professional volleyball that way. They, there was never, never anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a, every once in a while we did it on the pro tour kind of thing. And it was like kind of cool. Like, does that actually work? Is, is that, that legal? Like, yeah, is that legal? <laughs> and yeah, that's their baseline now. And like, look how good they are. They're literally like doing reverse pokey sets the other direction. Uh, yeah. Like, it's like insane. <laughs> yeah. The Shout amount the game has evolved in the last few years is absolutely insane. Yeah. It's funny. When we talked to Phil, he was like, I'm so glad I'm retiring. While, while he was watching like a Sweden match, he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's As a blocker, I definitely feel it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt it playing Sweden oh a few days gosh. ago. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I shouldn't be jump serving anymore. We were like tied 16 all, both sets or something like that, 16 or 17. And then I... I think I just couldn't catch my breath for the last few points. And we lost 17, 21, 18 or something like that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, all right, I need to learn how to be more efficient playing against teams like this. Well, it's even like, I don't know if you experienced it in the men's game, but in the women's game up until like, I don't know, even two years ago, the offenses were like very yes. much still up and down. Right. And now with the movement and how flat everything mm-hmm. is as a blocker, it is so hard to get set and then generate the power you need to make big moves yes. at the net. So yep. I like you just feel useless when you like tap when you're kind of doing that, like off balance tap blocking or half jump stuff. You just don't feel you're not able good. to like you're gather like, yourself like to a little make low a angle. huge move. Right. And then it's just like, what am I taking away right now? Right. Because when it was basic, it was so easy to just yeah. gather yourself and be big. Yeah. But like, yeah. Did you ever play middle indoors? No. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I played middle for club at one point. And it reminds me of that because you have three hitters where you're like, kind of like, I'll tap block on this guy. Late, I'll be late on the outside and then I'll get a full swing on the right. Like you're where you're prioritizing certain things. Like that's what it feels yeah. like, especially with Sweden. Like, But how are you supposed to make any big dive moves? Like indoor? Yeah, absolutely. No. I've, sw- I've swung so block on the beach lately, but that's right. just to take a neutral ball. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do that movement plant hard enough to then take an angle or something you can't 
Yeah, and how are you supposed to run a four or like right. a, exactly? A, That's what I'm talking about. Like think a about four your defender or even a too. Your defender has to to actually start the fake. They have to run all the way to the line just to run all the way back. <laughs> Whereas like they're over here and then they just sprint and do like a like a slide basically. Yeah, you can't run a play on that anymore. So you have to have like plays called before that or just like you know if they do this we know we just yeah fall back to our ones basically which is yeah. what most people do or if they go yeah. back to one or two and it's happened so quickly yes exactly i i don't get it yeah it's like as soon as There's the tokyo no olympics <laughs> ended everybody's like done yeah we're playing indoor style yes and i'm so true. like what how did everybody get on this page? Yeah, exactly. And where was my memo? Because I'm here group like, chat. I'm an idiot. Like, well, how, how am I supposed to defend this? But yeah. yeah, it happened very quickly. Yeah. Is there a Swedish equivalent to you on the women's side where you see them from watching the women's game? I would think that Rice Schoon and Kaya Stam would be pretty close to the way that Rice runs her offense. <sighs> Maybe the Aussies. Sweden's freaking... I mean, Sweden's, they're the exception. But in terms of a team where yeah, you're like, yeah. when you play them, you're like, so as a blocker, you're like, damn it. There's also <laughs> like, Adrian was kind of that before yeah. them in his own way. Like, the, the style a, is insane. As a blocker, I would say Australia is probably the closest. You don't see the same level of athleticism in the women's game, obviously, that somebody is legitimately a threat to jump set. Right, right, right. And then, like, run a spread offense like the women just don't do that and anybody who pretends to they're pretending to like they right. rarely use it so mm -hmm. it's not really a great right decoy by any means but with team like australia you pick like i'm either gonna prioritize yeah taliqua's swing or maria Fay, and i have just started not even worrying about the two ball and getting off and just trying to dig it if I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to pick. It's yeah. When they get that perfect pass. Yeah. Well, you have to serve better. You have to serve right? better. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. the real answer. But then I'm like, okay, I'm going to rip jump serve. I'm like, okay, I got them 10 feet off the net, but now I'm like tired and they're still jump set. And now they're still jump setting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, they're delivering a handset from the baseline. Whereas before anything other than like, decently perfect right, exactly was forearms yeah that's what like miles partain now is he's hitting options from 10 feet yes. off just he'll just stroke it to the corner or something yeah but it just makes you usually it's 10 feet off okay i'm over you we're over here but for him we kind of like might need to stay home for a second and then if they're running a shoot it's like yeah now you got to pick and choose but also like from off the net his fans kind of big like it's still big enough to where he can go corner either corner and if yeah. I'm going to the pin as a blocker I'm giving up both corners and my defender's just sitting duck back there. Yeah. It's become a we're deciding what we are willing to give up. Yeah. And you just need to be okay with it. Right. I think I think what it is is the offenses have evolved and the defenses haven't yet. We're kind of in that phase. Cuz it's not like Sweden's figured out defense against themselves. Right? <laughs> yeah. true. and they're dominating yeah i mean obviously like norway will still beat them and like they'll still lose but norway like 
legitimate in Tepic they like legitimately couldn't stop anything no. right they're like it was as dominant of a win over Anders and Christian that as I've seen in a really long time well, it was only like their second loss ever in a final yeah they were like 20 and 0 or something <laughs> it was crazy must be nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly wow. <laughs> but the Czechs figured it out Czechs they did. beat him mm-hmm. and Schweiner did a good job because most teams do what you were talking about how you're like, I'm just giving up the two. Mm-hmm. Like, take it. But Schweiner, whatever he saw on um, Amon, he, all of his blocks came on Amon's options. So I feel I like I got up on Amon's options the right way, but I was kind of like chasing him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like as a blocker, you have, to, you have to make the decision first. If you kind of like go up and then follow him or, or go up too early and he can react and go the other way, that's what he was doing to me. But I, like, got set on the right ones. I wasn't like, oh, crap, like, flying all over mm-hmm. the place yeah. as much as I had been before. So maybe it's just, like, your eye has to, like, evolve to it a little bit, too. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one oh, no. having these everyone. thoughts and these issues. Because it's like, everybody seems fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yeah. But, okay, I feel a lot better now. Thank you. You're welcome, You're welcome to have sand, sandcast therapy anytime you want. Exactly. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> you should charge. <laughs> Seriously. This was very, very Just come helpful. on the blue couch and let's just talk about blocker problems. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We should have uh, episodes like that, like blocker uh Journal, journals, <laughs> memoirs of a blocker. Like my peel dig diaries. Diaries. <laughs> diaries, yeah, yeah. If we would have filmed our practice, I'd had quite a few of those. Just like luckily just barely getting out up, of the way. Well, luckily you went up high on, on my two ball and I didn't hit it that high. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> like overestimating my abilities. I appreciate that. But that was fun. It was fun. Who'd you yeah. play with? Uh, me and Molly Turner. Because Molly's playing with Maddie May Anderson, mm-hmm. um, but Maddie's still she's doing national championships this weekend at Florida State, and so I've just been like Molly's fill-in partner whenever she needed one. I've always wanted to train with the girls, to be honest. It's the, the best. girls are more technical and like caring about the small things. And plus, passing passing on a women's net is the greatest mm-hmm. drill ever. Yeah, I go back to a men's net. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. That's why I refuse to warm up on a men's net. Huh. It's Whenever smart, right? things when are messy, you know, the yeah. they're yeah. like, what's wrong with you? Why won't you just go warm up on the men's net? Because it messes me up uh-huh. so much yeah. when I start the passing. Game. Yeah, passing. Because the ball just goes hitting, like, like different. I was like having, do you guys ever put the rope up? Like a little string. Mm-hmm. You have to hit over the string, right? I was like doing that, but I was always like, what if we just put up a net like a foot higher? And yeah. you just had to play that. So you're really like, it's that high over the... That high line where it's fast but over the block that you're hitting, the high one to the corner, the the cut shot but it's over a block mm-hmm. when they're blocking two, work on all those. I thought that'd be a decent idea. Yeah. Well, John Mayer, he does that stuff a lot at LMU because practicing with JM, who, he's the volunteer assistant at LMU, so he, he'll we'll put the net on like 8-4. And then we'll then we'll have the one, of the net, one of the nets low. Well, I don't know how high Mara will make it for the girls, but he'll make a high net. He'll gotcha. make a low net. He'll do one side's high, oh, one wow. side's low. So they're like running back sets all the time. Right. And he and Mara just kind of does it to mess with their the mental thing. We're so, like figured out. Like right. it's gonna get messy during matches where you just got to figure stuff out when it's kind of weird. He's like a little, me- little like Jedi good. master. I feel like that's good for 
younger athletes. Yeah. I could see it pissing off pros. <laughs> I, I got my... Stop game like... I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got Arizona coming up and then Huntington. Yes. What's your... Are you getting back on the world tour? Are we going to see you back there anytime soon? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm figuring that out. Okay. Yes. Um... Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, yeah, Sophie and I are not, no longer playing together, so okay. I, there are not a ton of Canadian options, Yeah. Um, so I'm working on figuring that out. I am not, I don't want to be done. Yeah. I still love competing. I think I'm still, despite everything we just talked about, I think I'm still playing <laughs> yeah, yeah. at a decently high level. Yeah. Um, and so I'm. I don't want to be done. So I'm. I've put out some feelers and yeah. I'm waiting gotcha. for some responses. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, I think if. I do continue. It will obviously have to be in the challengers. Um, just our country is very limited as yeah. to who has points. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Sophie and I had dropped um, out of that. So, yeah, it'll be a grind. Yeah. That's one of the hardest things with Canada. Like, I, I've seen it now multiple times. Like, Schachter, right? He was he pulled Dan Deering out of retirement, basically, right? Yeah. Like basically begged him, like, dude, <laughs> please, I need you to come out. Yeah. And came basically switched federations because of that. We're gonna take a quick break from the show, not just any break. This is the Waikea water break. Now, Waikea has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So they're not just keeping us hydrated. They're helping out the environment, too. And try. That's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order. You can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waiakea.com. Thank you guys, the listeners, for giving support to the sponsors, which then allows us to continue supporting us. It's a virtuous cycle. We love it. We love that you're listening. We love that the sponsors are on board, and we love that Wilson Volleyball has been with us since day one. Almost five years now, Wilson has been working with the boys, and we love those guys. We love the volleyballs they make, the ball carts they make. We love the apparel that they make. I saw Troy Field playing golf with the golf clubs that they make. We love Wilson. Love everything they got, love everything they put out there, and as do you. And to get a 20% discount of all Wilson materials, just the volleyball stuff, get use the discount code SANCAST-20. 
All right, that's Sandcast-20 to get 20% off all Wilson materials. I mean, I'd say that off-season's coming up, but there's really no off-season. But at this point in the year, you probably need to restock up on volleyballs. I know I have. I just put in an order for 15 more. It's about time for you to do the same. So use the discount code Sandcast-20 to restock on all Wilson volleyballs, the best beach volleyball in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. And guess what? Try and I just signed on another year-long contract with Athletic Greens, keeping the partnership going because it is one of the best partnerships we could have for this podcast. If you guys aren't on Athletic Greens yet, if you're not taking those scoops of those green veggies, I cannot recommend it enough. I haven't been sick in two years because of Athletic Greens, and we bring it on the road. They have these awesome little travel packs that they bring. you can bring on the road with you. I bring them everywhere. I haven't missed a day in the last year and a half or so pretty much ever since me and try started working with them it's basically a multivitamin the best multivitamin on the block it's cheap it's less than three dollars a day which it might sound expensive but if you're investing in your health it's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit it's cheaper than the lattes and it's way better for you all right, it's it's the the best all-in-one nutritional insurance you can get. I mean, Joe Rogan, he has it. Tim Ferriss is promoting it. Michael Gervais promoting it. Andrew Huberman's promoting it. All the big dogs are. We're just the little dogs here at Sandcast, and we're promoting it, and we stand by it. Me and Try, we've been healthy all season long despite playing two huge schedules this year, and Try's got another couple big ones coming up with Olympic qualifying. And the best way we're fueling ourselves, athletic green. And you can fuel yourself the same way by using our code athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. All right, that's where you get our partner deal. You will get five free packs and a year's supply of their vitamin D. That is a year's supply of vitamin D. Now, we're on the beach. We get a lot of it anyway, but you can always use more. It's so good for your immune system. It's so good for your overall health. So that is athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. That's where you will find our partner deal. So I cannot encourage you enough to pick up some athletic greens today. If you love the podcast and want to show how much you love the podcast, then get some Sandcast merchandise. We've got t-shirts, we've got tank tops, we've got coffee mugs, hats, long sleeves, sweatshirts, backpacks, you name it. If you go to sandcastmerch.com, you can find virtually anything you want. And if there's nothing in our store that you don't that you want, you can just send us an email and we'll make it for you. That's how easy it is. So if you want to rock your the merch of your favorite podcast today, tomorrow, whenever you want to get it, go to sandcastmerch.com and start rocking some Sandcast apparel. Looking for a book to read? Well, I know the absolute perfect one. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you are obviously a volleyball fan of some sort, be it indoors or beach volleyball. And that means that you have probably heard of a guy named Ken Steffes. And if you haven't, well, you can flip open our book, Kings of Summer. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. You can find our book, Kings of Summer, The Rise of Beach Volleyball. Now, Ken, he didn't do interviews for like 20 years after his retirement when he was 30. He's the most dominant beach volleyball player of all all time. He won more than half the tournaments he played. He won the 1996 Olympic gold medal with Karch Karai, and we wrote all about it. We had the first 
inside look of the rise of beach volleyball from the first professional tournament in 1976 up until those 1996 Atlanta games, the first that beach volleyball was in the Olympics. I had an absolute blast working on this book with Kent, and Kent had a blast writing on it. He's been writing a ton on Facebook. He is back in the beach volleyball game, and the best, I mean, it's honestly... You know, it's the work that I'm probably more proud of than anything that I've done because it, it had interviews from all the greats. It had St. John Smith, it had Karch Karai, it's got Randy, Dodd, Hovland, and then Kent's there the whole time, his voice going in and out and writing it with me. And if you're a fan of old school beach volleyball, if you're a fan of beach volleyball at all, if you're a fan of volleyball or the Olympics or just stories of greatness, that is the one for you. So go ahead, go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Kings of Summer today. Ugh, that's tough. It is tough. Not having options. There are pros and cons. But at I least mean, you can play MVP. I can. That's pretty great, actually. It's... Because Schachter couldn't do that, but I, although... Yeah. No, he can? That's my guy. Oh! I heard he's... Yeah. Yeah. There we go. See that? Yeah. Green light. <laughs> um, wait, so he went... Th- he did the whole thing? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we talked on... He had a chat with his lawyers on Monday. And uh, got the green light. There's your announcement. And yeah. Sorry, Schachter. Schachter's my guy. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's good for like the Olympic situation, like without having depth. Oh, yeah. The quota, right? There isn't that quota issue. That's been a problem for me. (laughs) (laughs) On multiple occasions. For many Americans. (laughs) Yes, for sure. But then... You guys also have the luxury that if things don't work out, there are lots of players to choose from. We do not have that. So it's definitely, there's some pros and cons. I'm currently experiencing Mm -hmm. the cons. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Well, usually works out for the best when, uh, in the long run, the good players end up where they belong, I feel like. That's what we've said, at least on the show, right? Yeah, we were... I mean, the last time we really talked about that was when Kristen and Taryn had zero points. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, everyone was saying that they should break up. And the, the cream always ends up rising. Or when came shock when he switched federations and he mm-hmm. had zero points. And I was like, at some point he'll find his way back up. It just kind of always happens that yeah. way. Like the talent, it's just, it's inevitable. You can't keep it down for too long. Yeah, I wonder, like, is, is the youth, uh, is there any youth, like... Is there a strong youth program for the Canadian national team at all? The NCAA. Yeah. The NCAA, oh, the NCAA trades that's all true. Of players. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Um, no. <laughs> Obviously for the men, there's not really. Yeah, the men's pretty barren. But the NCAA, I mean, remember Molly McBain. She's Canadian, right? She, she did is. well at Florida State. Liam Monkhouse won a decent amount at UCLA. Yeah. The Max came through UCLA. Mm. Yeah. So... Yeah, the NCAA has done a decent job training the young Canadians. <laughs> yes. Would you have uh, obviously you had a ton of success indoors, but looking back, because the landscape's obviously very different, do you think you would have considered going the beach route early on, like college years? No. Yeah, that's what I would have expected. Never. Yeah. I honestly. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. But lately, I have been regretting my decision to leave indoor mm. when I did. Mm. I wish that I had just not. <laughs> Interesting. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I 
I mean, I flip-flopped for several years mm-hmm. and officially left indoor in 2018. Right. Um, and I miss that. Hmm. I, the reasons that I left obviously did not pan out the way that I had expected. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it, I, I mean, it's easy looking back to yeah. be like, oh, you shouldn't have left. Um, do you have like specific expectations on, obviously you achieved some high, very high things on the beach. So, which tells me you had very, very high expectations for yourself. Um, so I mean, when I played with Heather, I was, mm-hmm. um, splitting time. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so her and I had finished fifth mm-hmm. in Rio. And after that, I was like still very interested in playing indoor, but it was like, oh, I don't want to finish fifth again. Uh-huh. And then when Melissa and I partnered up, we had a lot of success very early. Right. And I was still playing indoor at that time. And then I just didn't want to have any regrets when Tokyo was over. Right. Um, because... You know, in Rio, it was like a summertime activity. Yeah. And I didn't want to look back and be like, oh, man, we were so good. But like, what what would have happened if I had like put all of my energy into Mm -hmm. it? So I left for that reason. And then, I mean, we ended up in the same position as I did when I was doing it. Right. Half time. So it's like it was... Yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of disappointing. So it was really Olympic oriented, like a hundred percent. I just did not want to have regrets or or think what if yes. when Tokyo ended. Right. And I know, like, my thought process and my logic around it might not be the most sound. It's definitely a very emotional thought process that I'm going through right, right now, for sure. Um, but I did still very much love it. Yeah. Um, I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the lifestyle and everything attached to it. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to think that I, what I gave it up for did not right. really fully pan out. Yeah. World In champion. a way. Yes. <laughs> that shows your standards actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like world champ. You didn't even mention Number one in the world, world for a while. Commonwealth no, gold medal. Well, it's interesting like to hear, cause for me, it's a very different story. Like I'm just, a beach guy. I played indoor for a while. I, I believe I could have, I've gotten a lot more physical and just better as an athlete, like mm-hmm. with age. So I believe I could have done well indoors, but when I was gone, like I never looked back and it was just my game, but my goals are like, let's see if I can win one world tour event, which I won early on. And it was like, you know, see if I can make the Olympics, see if I can win an AVP. Like there was so much mm-hmm. lower level, Things that I could tick Which off the box. I, don't, I wouldn't consider them lower level. And hearing you talk, I'm sitting here being like, wow, I'm an asshole. Um, no. I mean, because those shows, are still like very But you had so much success good accomplishments. that that's where you set your own bar, which like says a lot. I mean, ultimately the goal was to win the Olympics right. or at the very least medal. Um, sure. Being a world champion, I can't sit here and be like, whatever. Like, right. that is a big deal, and yeah. I am very, that is something I'm very proud of for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but when I. That's your dream as an athlete was Olympic gold. Yes. Is. And like my whole life, like to this day, I still consider myself a better indoor player than I ever was mm. beach. Mm. Um, and so my identity as like a volleyball player, right. I, I do still identify more mm-hmm. 
as an indoor athlete than beach. Right. Um, which, yeah, to walk away yeah. was hard. And I then I would love to go back, but being out of it for so long, like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so You don't think so? No. You don't think you could call up your agent and say, hey, like, I think uh, some people could use a six-foot-five right side? Again, it becomes like the certain standard that I like have in my head and like seeing the, the athletes that are playing now, they're incredible. Yeah. You don't want to go back and play in a C league or something. I just wouldn't wouldn't do it. Yeah. It wouldn't excite you. Right. And as an opposite, like you see the best opposites in the world, like Boscovich, Egonu, like Hawk, like those yeah. girls are twenty-two. <laughs> like, <Right. Yeah. laughs> your girl's not gonna come back, you know? Like, no, I, I, mm-hmm. that's done. But yeah, it's something I think yeah. about. Yeah, interesting. But have you extinguished the the what if though? Like, you're not gonna are you gonna look back at Tokyo and wonder what if? Because uh, you, you went all in, you know? I did. Um, I think we dropped the ball hard. You know, I don't, I'm not happy with how things went there. I, I think we were good enough to do much better than we did. Um, and that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that I gave, I have no regrets for the effort that I put forth in pursuing that dream. I know that I gave absolutely everything Mm -hmm. I had to make that happen, um, both interpersonally and, you know, physically on court. Um, But, yeah, to get the same result is just, like, it's so, like, frustrating. Yeah, I can see that. Is there any part of it that lies on the challenge that COVID presented? Obviously, it was a massive part of it all. Uh, um, I mean, I obviously can't sit here and say what would have happened right. if we had gotten to play in 2020. Right. Um, seeing how that preseason was going, mm-hmm. how 2019 went, yep. how good we were mm-hmm. in March of 2020. Right. There was absolutely no doubt in my mind that we were going to win the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like it was going to happen. Yeah. Again, it didn't happen, right. so we don't know, but yeah. I it would have been right. I think a much different story. Yeah. And I don't want to use that as an excuse because right. Sure, did the break help some teams? Absolutely. But it definitely hurt some. And who knows how it would have played out, you know. It made me an Olympian, which is really really weird. I'm trying not to claim it too much, but it's like that crazy, bizarre of a thing that that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. just like. And you, I do think you earned it because you would have been in twice had it not been for the country quota. Yeah, I mean, you, you've qualified can, via points. You can, yeah, <laughs> like, we can twist it as many I mean, ways as it's we want. Yeah, just sports suck sometimes. Beach volleyball sports, really, right? really sucks. Yeah, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's like the worst. 
and you think of like how many tournaments you play and you don't leave well I can't say you but like I don't leave any tournament remotely okay unless I win right and how often does that happen so like yes, you're just right. I'm just a wreck right <laughs> the majority of of the time mm-hmm. but I keep doing it and it's like right. why like, yeah. <laughs> why do I keep going back to somebody that mess something that messes me up so much right. yeah. when the win percentage for the majority of teams is so small? That's such a good point. What's it feel like when you win? Is the high so of sad. winning? That's the thing. That, does that make it worth it? That's the thing. It's like winning is probably the only time where I'm just like at peace and not just like ripping myself apart. It's not healthy, kids. Do not follow this at all. Do not be like this. It's, but, like, I can find something, something, many things mm-hmm. to just, like, obsess about and want to improve and, like, not right. be okay with. Yeah. But when I win, it's just, like, peace. Okay. Right. I've never so heard I'm basically it chasing like peace. I'm right. not even chasing like a, a high, high of yeah. being like so excited, so proud of myself. It's right. just like I'm chasing inner peace. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> messed up. And there's, <laughs> like, and there's 30 other teams it. and only one, one of them can have that. Yeah. Yes. Sports are gnarly. They're brutal. Super gnarly. The worst. I've been, cha- I've been kind of uh, wrestling with... Because I'm like trying to raise my standards, obviously, uh, trying to see if I can get towards that number one in the world, Olympic gold, all that. But like winning, like winning this AVP, right? It was watered down. But like, I don't believe I should just win it and be like, hey, shake hands, get out of here. This is easy, man. I can't celebrate. Like, now you need to like stop. And for me, I got to recognize like it's hard to win an AVP. At one point, this was like one thing you never knew if you'd accomplish. Like, let's just celebrate this tonight be here mm-hmm. but the other side of it is right it's like no the teams weren't here like you got a whole season ahead of you we've got next week like let's move on like be happy move on and then even the fifth this week it's like i've gotten fifths on the world tour but you look at the points and the way that the system is right now and it was huge for us and we did win some big games and new partnership but i'm so i'm still like so so when do i okay i'll, I'll enjoy it but when do I just move on and like, you know, it, that balance has kind of been interesting and lately. But I by no means want to minimize like what I am saying is definitely like an issue that I have <laughs> and I'm not trying to like minimize anybody's standards or, you know, satisfaction. Right. Um, I absolutely think that you should celebrate getting fifth at an elite 16. It is hard to do. Right. It is really hard to do. And I don't think people understand just how hard it is. Um, Regard, like you should celebrate winning an AVP. It's Mm -hmm. something that is worthy of being proud of. And I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say like my standards have to be everybody's. Absolutely not. Yeah. My standard, how I approach winning I need to be more satisfied with so many things that I have done that I just have not allowed myself to be (laughs) satisfied with. And that is not okay. Right. Um, But like watered down or not, like a win is a win. Right. You know, and I will take that any day. 100%. You know, and it definitely needs to be appreciated. And I need to appreciate even like coming fifth with Emily 
in New Orleans. Like, I should be okay with that. Her right. and I have never, we've, we haven't played together right. and we lost to it like an international like level team. Right. But instead I was like, well, at this point you did this and then <laughs> right. you gave up two points here. And mm-hmm. why were your hands like this on the block? And mm-hmm. it's like, just forget it, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you were like, so don't be, don't, don't be like me, please. <laughs> like, you have pretty good self-awareness though of, of it. Self-awareness and, like, actually, like, guess. changing it for different things. <laughs> but <laughs> That's fair. Yes, when did I those very standards very start for you? Have you always been wired like that? Or did that start, like, mm-hmm. as you got to a pretty high level in college, did it really take root there? I would say earlier than that. Okay. Um, I was growing up, my dad coached me. Um, he was also taught at my high school, so I had him for high school and club. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I was not told, um, that I was good. So I just like grew up with this standard of like, you can be better, you can be better, you can be better. And I very rarely got a pat on the back and pats on the back came from winning. Okay. Not from being excellent, but coming up short. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so, but I was like the most ultra competitive kid, like in every sport I played. Yeah. And so it was like winning or nothing. Um, so I think growing up and getting that constant, you know, feedback of there's always something that you can be better at. Yeah. But winning is great Mm -hmm. is, I mean, it sinks in and it becomes like kind of who you are. Um, and that perfectionist like mindset Mm -hmm. has, is so ingrained in me. Yeah. Um, I would say as I've gotten older and obviously become more self-aware and understood why I am the way I am, it has been something that I can be more objective about and like try to be kinder to myself, but it's way easier to be kind to like my partner or to Mm. a teammate than it is to me. Um, So I think it'll be something that I like struggle with or work through my whole life and I'm just like it's something that I'm very aware of that if I ever do have children that I will be careful of I think well the awareness of it alone usually makes you as a parent you're picking and choosing like when to apply these things and when not Mm -hmm. to and what to Mm -hmm. I feel like some people get scared of like their kids are going to pick up their certain negative things that that they find in themselves. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard and found that it's kind of the opposite. Like if you have awareness about the stuff that you don't love about yourself or that you could change, then your kids actually pick up the opposite of it. Hmm. If you have yeah. that self-awareness, yeah. like it comes out in your actions <clears throat> as a parent. But like, I is, don't want, again, I'm not a parent, so this is all hypothetical, (laughs) but like, I wouldn't want to go the complete opposite because I think that there are so many, there are so many things that if I do have a kid that I would want them to be as a competitor and as a hard worker, or even if they don't play sports, just like in the pursuit of being excellent at something, there are so many qualities that I would want them to have. 
So I don't want to like flip the narrative completely because no, no I'm my husband had the other thing where his parents were like incredibly supportive hmm. and just very much like, well, whatever you feel like, like just, right. and so he wishes that he had had some more uh-huh. of what I had growing up. And so, sounds like and a good he, balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so he's a little bit like, I could have been so much more if I had had oh, a parent that could, that had pushed me. Huh. Um, and so it's kind of, I'm trying to think about for myself now is like my parents were very athletes. My whole family's athletes and they competed super hard and pushed themselves hard, but literally could care less if I mm-hmm. won or anything like that. And I feel like that I was, I, I never had pressure. I was never scared to fail, mm-hmm. which made me just like keep pushing and like see what I can do. I don't care if I fail, you know, but I guess it's somewhere in between there. I don't know. My dad was, um, he would, we could win and he'd be furious with us if we did stupid mental mistakes or we stopped, we didn't try or, that effort. or, or our effort was lacking. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we lost, mm-hmm. but our effort was there, he was like fired up about it. So he was more concerned with how hard are we working? Like, did we shoot hoops the day before a basketball game or something? Mm-hmm. Like he would get honest about that, about effort, but not necessarily He's like, the winning, that's more for you. Like, you can enjoy that, whatever. But I'm more concerned about, like, your development because that's going to be the stuff that pays off in life. Right. So he was more, he was, like, trying to teach life lessons. Right, right, Fifth grade basketball. Yeah. (laughs) No. No, and, like, to be clear, it's not like I would be, like, no dinner for you. You didn't win. It wasn't like that. It was just, like, I truly think, like, I was just wired in this way Mm -hmm. of, like, I need and want to be the best. And I think my parents saw that in me and like wanted to encourage me in uh-huh. that. Okay. Um, and my dad is also very competitive. So like he could see the similarity yeah. there and could relate. Mm. Um, it wasn't like I was obviously loved and yeah. it wasn't like you have to win or you're nothing. Right. But it was, like, my dad was the type, like, if I wanted to go practice by myself, he never said no. Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted my success as, as much as I did. Right. And so he was willing to support me that in any way. And I think it's probably hard to have a kid that is so hard on themselves and, like, know how to react. Right. So he took the stance of, like, okay, well, if you're going to be this and and be a perfectionist, like, I, I'm not going to try to change you. Right. Almost like hold you to your own standard. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And so I can't even imagine how hard parenting is. So good luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> to both of you. I'm three years in and uh, it's three just year old's like, a little tricky. You try your best. And exactly. like, I know wholeheartedly that my parents tried their best yeah. and gave me the best that they can mm-hmm. to help me achieve what I wanted to. Yeah. I am certain of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, is the execution of what every parent does perfect? Never. No. But, like, the intention is there. Yes. And so, obviously, there are things that I've had to come to terms with as I get older and try to, like, yeah, move through things like that. Mm-hmm. But you guys have got quite the uh, exciting time ahead of you yeah, and your exactly. children. So, <laughs> yeah. have fun. He's got a boy, so I, I feel like that's usually easier. 
Yeah, I've well, heard. It's really funny because <laughs> I look at. Um, I was talking to Burek because Burek just had a girl, and he's so delicate with her. And I'm over here. Burek's just not like, a delicate guy either. No, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, like having. I I think I would be different with the kid if it if it was a girl, but with Austin, I'm just like carrying him like a football, like tossing him around. Like he's fine. (laughs) Boys are indestructible. I'm actually curious how I would treat a boy now that I know how I treat a girl. (laughs) And I think I would be different for sure. Just naturally. Just like, it's my guy right here. Let's go. Yeah. But why can't you be like that with a girl? Like me, like I will say that I was like like, my my little girl. Like I love my little girl, but the boy's like, I got a tough new. I don't know why. It's something. I don't See, know. See, my what dad it is. didn't have a boy, so, so I was true. his little buddy. Okay. So like, let's go out and play. My girl's putting three dresses on at the same time and like tutus <laughs> on her head. I'm just, I think I'm screwed in, in that category. But I'm just, yeah, go for it. Interesting. Gabby's not a really a girly girl either. In a lot of ways, like she doesn't like pinks and like you know, she likes kind. Of, I don't know. She likes to be a little more. Grady, she's not really an athlete, but she didn't want any pink or anything. Mm. Like, I'm having girl, I'm not going to make her all pink and dresses and all that. And then right when, Naya, right when Naya got old enough to like pick, it just she wanted the exact opposite. Sometimes nature beats nurture. Nature, <laughs> nature, nature won. won. Yeah, and we've given it. We're just, yeah, we don't care. Do you? Do you? <laughs> but what is she? What is she into? Naya. Yeah. Uh, rainbows and unicorns and princesses and. <laughs> Little Mermaids. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> she, the newest show is PJ Masks. Mm. Oh. And that's like superhero kids, which I'm like, okay, there we go. It's not <laughs> unicorns. There we go. That's cool. Does she do like sports or does she like girl you know, more it's funny. She's things? like, she was like, what was it? She was like calling someone out like, oh, I was at so-and-so's house and they didn't have a screw to fix the wall or something. I was like, that's not a normal three-year-old thing. <laughs> She's watching Gabby she fix walks, She hangs out with Gabby doing stuff like all and I'm like, And she has toys now, like her own work shed toys. Oh so she gosh. actually screws in bolts. And she like, has a toolbox? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so she <laughs> actually that. knows about that stuff. And it's kind of funny. She's kind of creative. Like She loves drawing and that kind yeah. of stuff, building. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to compare because I only have one. Yeah. Oh. But athlete stuff, <laughs> sorry, try to kick a ball this morning. <laughs> I think only one foot works. <laughs> she's still scarred from her uh, her crip crawling. Yeah, she exactly. Like, she used to just drag her yeah. leg. One leg got super strong as a kid because she just like. Drag like, her whole body with She like, learned how to like crawl one way she, where she's like not quite standing, but she could like stand up on one leg. So she just do that all the time. And one leg became dominant. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. But athlete wise. She's not super coordinated yet. I think she's going to be like Gabby. Like Gabby's really good at like ping pong, pool, mm. stuff like that. She's pretty good at tennis. But like anything like physical, like ball sports, hand eye stuff she can do. But other other than that, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> she's three. It's over. <laughs> That's my guess. I don't know. I think I'm probably <laughs> definitely overthinking this as, as a three-year-old. But yeah. I only have one, like I but said. But I'm, I'm just convinced that when, it's like when you have a, if you were to have a boy, you'd be a lot rougher with the boy, but Delaney is so careful with him. Mm. Whereas I'm just like, 
toss him like he's a two year old. Like, yeah, he's fine. Like, he's me Don't you weeks. worry, he like, they're hold his head like, up, Travis. Well, I, I do hold his head. <laughs> okay. He's so funny, though. He's exaggerating a little. I'm hoping. Like, yeah, he'll be, laying, head's like, he'll be laying on my chest, though, and he'll pick his head up and look around, and then he'll just, like, lose the strength and just boom, and, like, just crash into my collarbone. I'm like, how old are they when their necks get strong enough? Because that makes me nervous. This is where I need you. I don't know. Two months, maybe. Because at the moment, his is not. I think they can hold their head up after like two months. I don't know. Oh, I'm not good with number like those remembering those benchmarks. Like, I think she was walking at like three months or something. Like, oh, no, that was a year. Oh yeah, okay. I don't know. Benchmarks, yeah. Do you and Adam want kids? Um, I'm definitely the limiting factor. <laughs> I historically did not. Okay. I was not interested at all. Um, now that time's almost up, I'm like, I think I do. So the the biological kick. Yes, exactly. Time's almost up on volleyball, right? And just like, oh my, I'm old. So (laughs) that's a problem. Oh, I don't know. Um, you're 36. I think I'm 36. 36. Younger Um, than Cameron, younger than my partner. Hyden's playing in his 50s, so. You know what? That would be, I don't. Not that old. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. I don't know how he does it. But then I, I see, like, that. Larissa. She's, like, 40. Talita's yes. 40. Yeah, exactly. Agatha. She's playing her 200th international event. That's crazy. It's nuts. I have so much respect for her. Yes. Um, so I, I'm leaning that way. Yeah. Nice. We'll see. Well, I'm two weeks in. I recommend it. <laughs> well, we if should ask Delaney. It, yeah. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> yes. I did talk to, I asked Delaney this morning because she comes out to practice and just hangs out. She tries mm-hmm. to get the kid out on morning walks. And I asked her if she missed it. And she's like, zero. Not even a little. Mm. She's like, I think I timed it perfectly. She's like, I watch people play and I'm like, I just don't want to do uh-huh. that. Yeah. Granted, she, it still hurts her to walk. So right, yeah, exactly. it's hard to really get back in, <laughs> in that mindset where you want to jump. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you see some people, no interest, and that's cool. And then yeah. some just want to jump right back in. And right. Yeah. It's been really interesting talking to moms because we had, we had Kim DiCello on mm. a little bit after she had her first boy, Luca. And she was saying how she thought that she'd have her kid take care of it and then she'd be right back Mm -hmm. and she said even when I was competing it was hard for me to really dial into that uber competitive mindset it's like I just didn't really have that extra drive Mm -hmm. I did and I kind of I want to talk to Betsy about it because she said that she still has it but it is it's different like it I I think your perspective probably changes yeah it's like how upset can you be when like your little baby runs up to you after the game and they don't know anything about what you're going through mentally, but they're just so happy to see you. And it just like, you have to choose in that moment. You're like, it feels important to like keep dwelling on this and like Mm. give it its time, the loss or whatever it is. But you're like, but it just kind of feels selfish because like this kid just wants to see their parent. I'll put that on the back burner. Then you hang out with your kid and then you're not in a bad mood anymore from the loss. You're like, ah, oh, well. Because sometimes I feel like I need to dwell after, right? Yeah. Or else yeah. I'm like wasting that loss. Because you, you mm-hmm. learn from your losses, right? And, but then, yeah, when she comes out, I'm just like, ah, oh, never mind. Whatever, and you're everything it. to her. And you're not a volleyball player to her. No, Like yeah. you're just yes, the exactly. most important thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. 
I think it's maybe I think I need a kid. <laughs> that sounds Moral nice. Moral of the story is for my mental well-being, I need a kid. And then I'll be fine. Well, there's other parts to the parenting. Where that, do you like sleeping? <laughs> yes. A little too much? <laughs> too much, I think. Okay. <laughs> I also have a saint for a husband, so I think that... Yes, right. That could I be. love your husband. That's a good point. Thank you. He's the man. You He's picked him great. well. Is he here right now? Is he in Cali? Yes, he's currently watching the Leafs. Uh, that's why we couldn't get him on yes. the show, probably. Yeah. Huh? He was going to come, and then he saw the time, and he's like, the Leafs need me. <laughs> so they haven't made a second round in Sounds like a 20 Canadian. years. <laughs> yes, but for some reason, he he uh, loves me, so I'm just going to go with it because that. I'm very lucky. He's wonderful. You guys are a good personality combo. Yes. <laughs> Could not be more opposite. Just high, strong, and very relaxed. And was it? Uh, gosh, it's got to be tough because he was just on the road with the fraternity brothers for a month. The fraternity Jake, brothers, Jake and Russ, for oh. two months. <laughs> Sam Dan. and Dan. Well, he gets both of them. He had the treat of Why Jake and Russ frat? too. Because well, they all what, live together. Yeah, oh. that's on how. The road. That's how Adam <laughs> described. He's like, I just it felt like I was living in a fraternity house because oh. if you. Go in Jake's room. I hope he's listening. Oh, I mean, you can't see, see the floor. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just I heard that Adam had to lay down the law a couple times and be like, I'm leaving. And when I come no. back, this will be clean because this is nasty. No. So, yeah, it was two months. It was, uh, yeah, it was a long lot. haul. I was thinking that because Adam was on the road with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, damn, they're not on the road together right now. That's rough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was it was a couple months, so he is oops, he is back until he leaves again. Or maybe and maybe I'll leave, I don't know. He's back for a little bit too cuz the next mm-hmm. challenge is until uh your mala June. Thank yeah. Yes, he's got some time. I'll soak it up while he's here and then yeah. I mean, I'm I've been the one to leave more often than not for trips, so I yeah. think a little role reversal is is due. Right. So, yeah. I will never I will never complain or say yeah, yeah. anything about it. Right. And in, in your little, because um, you, your last international event was Tepic. Mm-hmm. And then you've had some time, not necessarily to unwind, but have you ever kind of given yourself credit for just how many great things you've been able to accomplish? Like, has this been kind of a good, a reflective period at all? Have you ever let yourself have one of those where you're like, you know what, one world championships, like at the moment. If you were to retire, not saying you are, but you'd go down as the greatest blocker in Canadian history right now. It's a pretty damn good accomplishment. Um, I have not really spent any time thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you think about how important winning is to you as an individual Mm -hmm. and your own career and then you step away the sport continues tournaments continue everything continues what you did does it really matter nobody thinks about it you think about it and all those things are very important to you as Mm -hmm. an individual Mm -hmm. but like it is a very humbling thought process. Right. Yeah. That's a good, good um, way to put it. And I think it's become much more in focus for me now as I have had to sit and watch a couple tournaments that I had fully intended on being at, 
happen and it's like the sport continues yeah it, it moves on the sport doesn't miss me or need yeah, me right. or anything and and you in our own sense of self-importance we feel like it should for whatever reason and i i mean i i don't feel that way um but it just puts things in perspective that this is what i do and it's something i enjoy doing but by no means does the sport like need me you know and yeah. it just makes the perspective of like if and when i do retire i will hold those memories and and cherish them and i think when i officially step away i will be able to have appreciation for what i did um but yeah they're important to me yeah and the people that i'm close to right. and I can, <laughs> I can 100% second that. When I was out with the autoimmune stuff, mm -hmm. I felt, before that, I felt, like, important to the sport. I was a part of the narrative, mm -hmm. like, the sport. I'm one of the pieces, mm -hmm. constantly a part of the narrative and the tournaments and all that. And then I was out and I was, like, watching tournaments, like, they're not mentioning my name. Like, yeah. fans probably don't even remember that, like cared where i went like they're not fans aren't asking on some block like yeah they were probably here and there or whatever it's it's beach volleyball for fans you know there's like 12 of them <laughs> <laughs> and they're all listening <laughs> and they're all listening love you guys you, love you guys were asking <laughs> no but i remember having those same thoughts and it's not like i didn't even know i was having those thoughts like i realized that i thought i was important to the sport or like gonna be a part of it forever mm -hmm. kind of thing it was just like oh like when you're gone, you're gone. So like when I came back, it actually gave me a new perspective of like, you got to put your, well, actually that's why I started getting into broadcasting a little bit. Mm. It was like, well, they're not just going to talk about you, like make you a part of the narrative. You have to be a part of it. So then the broadcasting kind of helped me kind of stay in it. And that's kind of thinking like from a business standpoint, branding, like stay a part of the sport, stay relevant. But I had to like actually physically like, go out there and do things to stay relevant in the sport because I had the same feeling. It was like, if I stop, if this is it, like what I did with Hayden was, that was it. Mm -hmm. And it was like in the past and people aren't probably going to talk about me very long. You know, like they're going to talk about Carrie and Misty and Phil. But even then, like we talk about these players a lot on the podcast, but how often is exactly. Hov's name and Dodd's name mentioned nowadays except for like, you know, the 60-year-old dads who are telling their kids, like, I yeah. used to watch Hav and Dad, and the kids are like, who the hell is that? Well, if you listen closely, you can probably hear Hav talking well, shit from 21st. That's the problem. We, <laughs> we live near Hav, so we hear he makes himself relevant. He goes out and makes himself relevant while screaming down the street. You followed his uh, model. Make you yeah, right, exactly. Involved. Actually, I saw uh, McGregor did it. I read McGregor's trainer's book, Win or Learn, which I loved, and he said... Connor refused, like he got injured, right? Mm -hmm. And he refused to be out of the spotlight. So he took the job of coaching one of the first, uh, what is that show they made? Like what, Ultimate Fighter? Ultimate Fighter, right. Yeah. Where he was one of the coaches to the younger athletes. and But it was like a part of his plan to mm -hmm. like stay relevant in the sport and have people see him and hear his voice. And then his brand was still strong when he came back. And he, I don't know. My point is I had those same thoughts and it's, it is humbling. But I also feel like I've kind of let go more since then of like like just 
try to have your impact and then at the end of it it's like just observe what it was and be okay with it kind of thing rather than like they should have they should be mentioning me like i did this like you know (laughs) like because you're hearing them on tv saying things you're like well my stats better than that like they should mention my stat before because you know all your own stats or your whatever you know like this person's done so amazing they've got a silver medal at the world championship you're like well I got a gold. Like, why are they talking about me? <laughs> yeah. And I and I'm five and zero oh against this team. Like, it could be something like that where that comes into your head. But of course, they're not going to say that. But you're just like, damn. Like, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I necessarily feel that I'm owed anything right. by any means. Like, mm-hmm. I for sure I do not have those thoughts. Right. But I think in recent years I have seen so many of like the greats step away Mm. and I think the thing the moment that like really made me understand that and not necessarily empathize with it because I wasn't going through it at the time but I was just like wow was when April stopped Mm -hmm. because here's somebody who is like among the best to have ever played internationally and AVP right and she started out last season played a couple tournaments and then stopped right Nobody talked about her. That was it. Nobody talked about her on tour. Yeah. Nobody. And here I am being like, wait. Yeah, like, where's, <laughs> wait, the, wait, wait. where's the farewell tour? Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, you're. I actually hate no, that No, no, no. Well. Like, let's, like, keep. Like, she did some great things. Let's, like, we can't just, like, let her fade out. Yeah, like, that's exactly. not how this should go. Right. And so when I saw that happening, I was like, you can literally give everything to this sport you can win everything in Mm -hmm. this sport but when you stop you might not even get a goodbye yeah right and then now when i'm kind of like floating here Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like okay yeah yep that's how it is it's possible right and it kind of puts it in perspective to be like you know what this is how it this is what it will be like when it's officially done right so I'm going to freaking live this up. I'm mm-hmm. going to love every chance I have to play a tournament. I'm going to compete and compete mm. hard and like be me and just like enjoy whatever opportunity I have. And like, because when it's done, I'm going to be the only one who really says anything or cares. Right. So, yeah, it's so, a harsh reality. But sport just, again, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could end up being a positive that you that you can gain this perspective before you come to that time like you still have who knows years left i mean i would like i would like that to be true i mean it could ease who i don't we none of us know right Mm -hmm. but hayden's playing at 50 so (laughs) as long as he's still playing i'm still 17 years younger (laughs) (laughs) i keep trying to feel like like i'm like oh i think i'm the older guy on tour i'm like Hayden's well, still playing. <laughs> I'm no, still I'm 17 not. years younger than him. <laughs> that is an incredible number. 17 years younger. When we started, it was like you, you guys know, made a he's final. One of the older players in December. He was the old guy when I started, like the oldest. <laughs> Jeez. I don't think anyone was older than him. When, I think he was 40 when I partnered with him. Oh my gosh. And I was 23. He's incredible. Isn't that That's crazy? Amazing. <laughs> like, damn, he's playing at 40. This is amazing. Because then, like, Karch was, like, 44. It was, like, that's ridiculous. No one's yeah. going to do that. And now he's just... He's like, no, I'm 50. Smash that. 
almost got him a win at 50 last year. Almost. Ugh. Why the hell did Phil sign up for that event? <laughs> <laughs> Another guy who's in his 40s. Yeah, like, exactly. This is insane. Yeah, exactly. Was it, uh, <clears throat> was it kind of important for you to see April retire to little fanfare to sort of understand that, yeah, that's the way it's going to be? <sighs> not that April's retired. I haven't. I, it hasn't. Yeah, I feel like official. I'm still picturing her. I'm. I'm like not okay with that. Yeah, yeah I'm not her, okay with like it either. Like I'm. I'm just picturing her. Honestly, I thought about calling her for, up for like an AVP, but I think she'd probably laugh in my face. So I. That would be I fun. Do I, it. April, if you're watching this, be, like, I think that could be worth a call. <laughs> I, th- I think it's worth a phone call. I mean, Manhattan Open. I've really thought about it. April's a competitor too, pal. <laughs> I mean, that's not a weird call to make or get in any yeah. way. Oh, here's a call from one of the greatest walkers ever. Yeah. Nah, big four. <laughs> what are you t- <laughs> Yeah, what? She's like, I don't need you. I'm working on the Olympics. <laughs> like, I'm done. Um, understandable. But um, was it important? I wish that it wasn't the case. Yeah. Like, witnessing that. And I don't know how many people thought about it, but for whatever reason, I did. Um, witnessing that made me sad. Because it's like, how does the sport just, like, let go of its best athletes with with nothing? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to the leadership of our sport. There's one guy in all the tours that cares so much about that Josh and he made those videos and like you know Jake Gowen Casey Gowen well Phil didn't announce a retirement or whatever and he's still playing but, but he's still playing when I and he's still playing I think it should be at least that you know and if I'm the tour I'm like asking like hey if you can tell us when you're retiring like we can it should be a little a retirement tour like mm-hmm. where you go to the stops, this is your last time in Chicago, this is your last time in here. Try to make it like that. Yeah. And it bums me out when it's not like that. Like, who do we lose this year, past year? Bruno. Right? Yeah. You remember, you, nobody magician. even remember that? The yeah. magician. He's like <laughs> the guy. Who's your favorite defender? Ask anyone on tour, it's always Bruno. Yeah. And it was just like a couple of his partners, Super former good partners, making like a post on Instagram. I, like, I like felt bad that I didn't make a post, but I'm like... I don't know. It's just kind of just yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, sport. I mean, that's what makes sport beautiful is that it continues. Yeah. And there's always the next generation. There's always the next big thing, which um, that's amazing. Well, the sports we look at on TV always, like, the ESPNs are making. Like, these m- huge media moguls are making mm-hmm. big deals of it. When And we don't have that, mm-hmm. right? So it has to be, like, this is what we got. Yeah. <laughs> it was right very. Well, we'll get anyone on the podcast <laughs> yeah. and these retirees. It was eye opening. Yeah. yeah, no. That witnessing that experience was eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really put things into perspective for me about like an individual's role in sport and like what accomplishments. And winning and things like that. Like, what do they really mean? Yeah. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> it's good stuff to kind of meditate on. But that honestly was the catalyst <clears throat> yeah. for me thinking about those things, yeah. was seeing that happen. And would you, 
would you want kind of a big celebratory retirement thing? Because you're such a quiet, mm-hmm. you keep to yourself pretty well. I do. I definitely am not somebody that goes out of my way. Like, to throw like, me a party. Like, like you, that doesn't seem like I a like to kind of, I don't love, I don't need to be the center of attention. I yeah. wouldn't necessarily want a big thing. I think that there is, in my mind, a right and a wrong way to retire. Mm-hmm. And I think, A, going out on your terms is very important. Mm. Um, but I would want the people that I care about to be there. Um, or I would want it to be like a benchmark, you know, event, whether it's an Olympic Games or right. or something like that. Something that like marks a clear ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously not everybody gets that. Yeah. Um, but I think the big thing of if and when I do step away from the sport is I do want it to be on my terms. Um, and I want to be at peace with it. And the situation that I'm in right now, I know there have been rumors that I'm retiring. It's, they are not true. <laughs> I don't appreciate that those had got started. And I don't, yeah, I'm not happy about that. Um and so I will make sure that if and when that time comes, it will be the way that I want, and I will be the one to announce it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we can have some champagne back when you want to. Amazing. Welcome to come back here. We'll have your you retirement have party. You're 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I are none together. To me, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> but if oh, I, that, that's intimidating. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. With you right now, when you wake up to go practice, because last time when we just caught up, you talked about how much you love putting in the work. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is it right now that really fires you up to get going? Is it just putting in the work every day at practice, whether it's with a stockman or if it's just maybe you and Adam? I mean, I even though I don't know what I'm practicing for right now, yeah. <laughs> I I love practicing. Mm, I love that. I love getting better. And I truly believe that I am still getting better despite like age or how long I've been playing whatever. I really do think that I'm getting better. I love working hard. Like honestly, this might be like an old person thing, but like nothing <laughs> aggravates me and brings me more joy than seeing a younger kid like give up on a ball and then like me be like no 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 (laughs) i am going to lay out for this like how dare you not make a full effort on this Uh ball like so i don't know it's just like i love working hard yeah if i'm not dying at the end of a practice i'm like i didn't do enough today um so, yeah, I just, like, I enjoy the process of mm-hmm. getting better. It's not anything. Like, when I when I was younger, I loved games. Yeah. yeah. Like, game day, yeah. live for that. I like the day-to-day process of getting better now, I would say, more than, than competition. I feel like I'm almost on the cusp of that as mm-hmm. well. Because the road, as you get older, the road is what kind of takes the toll, I think, being away and, like, you know, yeah. five days at the same venue, you already practice, and you're going back, and the warm ups, right? You're like, not don't make really me warm getting, up more than once in a day. You're not really. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't. Exactly. Honestly, I kind of bitched about this in New Orleans. They on Friday, uh-huh. my first game was at five thirty p.m. My second game was at seven thirty. 
I was very upset about that in the moment, but then I was like, <laughs> I only have to warm up right. once. Good point. <laughs> that was way, that was great. I played Saturday. My first game was at 11.30 p.m. Mine was at so 10. I had to do that. Uh, 10 p.m. I had to do that where you like basically do a whole workout in the morning. Oh, yeah. I yeah. saw you at the gym yeah, that we were morning. At the gym. We were both at the gym. That was a rough day. Um, but yeah, warm-ups. That's kind of one of the... Because it's a big part of what we do, but it's mm-hmm. not... You're not really working hard, working on your calf. <laughs> you're warming up. To body, not injure yourself. To not injure yourself, <laughs> but to be able to perform your craft and to warming up to work on your craft. But it's not that fun. Like there's no. there's nothing fun about warm ups, and you do so many of them, and you feel like you're cheating yourself. At least I do. If I don't feel like I've warmed up, you do some intense warm ups. It doesn't have to be hundred percent, but like, well, my the way I learned it, and Hayden was this way. I, tried to like take everything from him early on was just like you have you're wasting the first rep if you're using it to warm up if you're using those first reps to warm up you're not doing it to the best of your ability right so yeah i've tweaked it over the year and like my 10 reps turns into like two by the end of the tournament Mm -hmm. like 10 of these 10 of these two of these two of these but yeah that's that's the one of the things where i'm like the shuttle rides to the venue, and then like, can I just be on the court warm already? Like that'll that that'll be fun. But like practicing here, being here, waking, I, I'm never like not excited to go to practice or like mm-hmm. oh I don't want to go to work today, even though we do like feel like crap sometimes. So I guess I'm right there behind you. Well, <laughs> I guess I'm on well, the I edge. Well, I am a few years older than you, so We're almost it fifty. Is. <laughs> It is. <laughs> Makes sense that you're on that path. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm 17 years younger than Hayden. <laughs> that is see how, wild. See how my psychology works? <laughs> we might retire at the same time, actually. <laughs> he's like, still going. Now that he's retired, I'm old all of a sudden. I did try to fish him out for New Orleans before me and Avery signed. I was like, John, we could, we could be in. If you if you want, it's it's closer than any other stop on tour. Right. He's like, yeah, but it's not that close. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like fine. <laughs> Love that. It's worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That's awesome that you still get fired up about practice, though. I feel like that's the time when I'm going to know it's time for me to go. Is when you hate going to practice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. I've thought about it before, and I was kind of like thinking, like, I think that's the feeling that I'm going to be like, meh. Because then you're not going to get the results, right? That's true. And then you're going to be upset that you're not getting the results. And then it's just like... You're having days that are dragging on. Because I think that makes the tournaments worse when you don't enjoy the work that goes into them. Mm -hmm. And then if you have, say, you have a bad finish, then you sort of resent every morning that you're going out there. And then it's just this downward spiral. You don't want to be on the court and be too tired or like hit a bad shot and be like, if I got my reps... You don't have doubt in your preparation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the most frustrating mm-hmm. thing that I can't handle. No, I could not live with yeah. that. So the second practice goes, I think that's when I go. Yeah. It's probably a good rule I think rule that's thumb. a good benchmark. Yeah. Right. When did you notice that shift in yourself? Because you said when you were younger, it was like game days were the biggie. And it um, might not be a big moment, but just kind of a sliding scale into that. I mean, I started beach really late in life, so like there was still excitement around like, it's like all novelty. the games and yeah. stuff. I would say 
honestly, indoor, it probably happened in my late 20s, mid okay. to late 20s. And then beach, I would say it happened. It started happening like pre-pandemic. Okay. Um, where it was just like, no, practice is the place where like we learn new things and we implement yeah. new things and we see how they work against like live competition. And mm-hmm. then by the time you get to a game, it's just like you're just putting the refined product on display. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I love competition. I yeah. love, like, the chess match. I love the psychological, like, right. aspect and the intensity. And getting a block is a, an amazing feeling. Like, don't get me wrong. I love yeah. it. But it's just, like, the things that you do when nobody is watching are the things that, like, make me excited. And it's the things that people, the casual observer, just don't understand. And... I think that's a big reason why I don't, I really don't care all that much what people think or say about me or whatever is just like, no, you, you do not know me. You don't right. know mm-hmm. what my day to day is. You don't know who I am as a person, who I am, even as an athlete, you see what I choose to show you in on stadium court. Mm-hmm. And so that is truly why I, I don't care what people say about how I act or my intensity or who I am or how good I am or whatever, because I'm like, you just don't know me. Right. Yeah. So it's the come to practice with me every single day for a month and you might have an idea. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's, that's something I've always thought lacked in our sport, which is partially why we started the podcast in the first place. Like, yeah, get to know this person that you're watching a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a huge amount. Like I said, they're not in the gym or at practice or understanding like, all the little things you're doing when no one's looking just to get better in that small moment. Yeah. But I think I've noticed that as well and felt that it's really lacking. I mean, I think it's just lacking more in our sport because we don't have that media. But then our lives would also be made really difficult if we had that huge media spot. <laughs> be a lot different. But we'd be a lot richer too. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I'll take it. There's I'll give take the take. money. <laughs> But we kind of talked about that last time I was here was the whole, like, there are the social media thing. Yeah. Right. And, like, the people who choose to craft a narrative through social media. That's a whole nother Exactly. And it's just, and I was telling Travis, like, I'm not somebody who does that. Right. I, what you see is what you get. Right. I am who I am. If you know me, great. And if you don't. Right. Too bad. Like, Mm -hmm. but whatever I choose to share is me. Yeah. And yeah. So we were kind of, that's kind of along the same lines of like feeling like you know who an athlete is. You don't. Yeah. (laughs) Like you don't. Even if you think you do, like you know what they want you to see. Yeah. 100%. And that's it. And it's like you're, you turn into an animal. Like I'm a completely different person. On the court, we all are for the, the white room. Oh, the white room. <laughs> on court, <laughs> Sarah and like Sarah, Sarah, exactly. they are not the same. Right. So, <laughs> they right. are not the same. But like fans, if that's all they see, they just assume we're that person, right? Oh, and that's yeah. the only person they see is that crazy person that we are, and that's not true. Do you think it's good to have that? Not, I don't want to dramatize and call it like an alter ego, but that you are a different. 
person on the court than you are <clears throat> off it. Because my dad always tried. He's like, be mean on the court. And then as soon as you're off the court, like, go back, be right. nice. And I don't know. I'm just uh, like still like kind of goofy on I the think court. It's just gotta, I think it's got to be authentic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if it comes off mean, then that's fine. There's just a, it's like, how deep do you want to go into competing? Yeah. Like there's rules and there's refs that are going to implement those. And then the most competitive people are like, and anything beyond that is fair game. Like it's who can get the most points on the board. Yeah. That's the sport. So when you go into that mindset and you assume that that opponent might have that, you're going to come off as a, a black mamba, the most venomous snake in the world, right? That's yeah. what Kobe was. Yeah. Uh, but I think some people, I don't know. It's hard for people, some people to tap into that because mm-hmm. they're almost like scared of like being someone else and right. writing that out. And I, it's taken me years to like kind of be comfortable with it, to be like that authentic on the court. I'm learning, I learned stuff about myself. Like, why am I doing that? Yeah. I don't know, but I don't care either. It's like uh, Tim Grover. I think you have Relentless up there, right? That's a good he, book. he called it uh, the dark side. Every athlete's kind of oh, got to let that that's tap the best into that dark book side. to read if you want to. The cleaners, right? That book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not done with it. Reading it now. Oh, man. And just every time he mentions the three levels, I'm like, am I a cleaner? <laughs> I can't be a cooler on any of these. But you know, yeah. That's I a good example. I'm, is that? I think you're a cleaner. I think we're cleaner. <laughs> yes. For you, I would have checked <laughs> up the box on it, everything. I was like, yeah, that's not like, I must be. <laughs> I think I'm okay here. I checked the boxes. <laughs> I would say yeah. so. Well, I'm curious what you think about it when you're done. I really liked that book. I love it so far. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think I, I like checking a lot of the boxes and there's other ones where I'm like mm. I question it I'm like Dude, does, is that necessary because it's so intense right he's like talking about that Kobe Michael mindset and I'm like so I'm, there's a few boxes where I'm like maybe I can go check the cleaner box on this one so we'll see room for improvement it's wonderful did you read his second book winning no it's very good I have it if you want it I would love that done <laughs> I just got a new book in the, in the, I forget what it's called. George Mumford, you know George Mumford, athletes, the mindful athlete, the mindful athlete. And then he's his first book. He just wrote another one. I just ordered it. So I'll let you know. Yeah, he yes. came on Gervais' podcast the other that. day. Yeah, that's right. That's good. He was one of the first uh, sports psychs, basically, to tap into mainstream NBA and like worked with Jordan and Kobe, and so he kind of tells those stories. I'll read it. It's a good one. Let me know yeah. how it Actually, is. Actually, I have the first one, Mindful Athlete on the bookshelf, if you want to take it. It's good. I, I think I Perfect. will. Hopefully, I, I didn't come away with the library. Hopefully, oh I didn't uh, write <laughs> notes and underline and stuff in it, because my notes are crazy. I won't read them, <laughs> and no judgment. Okay, perfect. <laughs> my handwriting is probably so bad, you can't. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it needs, going back to what Travis said, yeah, sorry, you need attention. to be authentic. Yes. Yeah. I think you have that. It's been great having you back on, Pav. Thanks. I enjoyed this chat a lot. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Now we know that the Leafs, they probably need you as well. Are you a Leafs fan? No. No? Oh, man. 
I maybe. don't. I actually like rip them to shreds every time Adam watches them. Poor Adam. <laughs> and I just sit beside him like he sucks. Hate that guy. He's a choke artist. Oh, <laughs> I would, I would hate that he's probably so much. happy that yeah. I'm not there. Yeah, I would hate that so much because I'm always trying to get Gabby to like love the Vikings, and she just care less about any professional sport except for me. And I'm just trying to push it so hard. If yeah. she ever was ripping my Vikings, I'd be like. <laughs> To be get fair, the out, though, get out of the room right now. <laughs> the Leafs deserve it. Sure, you know I don't what? Even You're <laughs> okay. But I love this it. The, I love it. Let's give you a little recap. <laughs> this is the first time they've made the second round in 20 years. Oh, so they're like the, the Detroit Lions kind of thing. But they yeah. have had great regular seasons and then choke in the Ooh. first round all the time. So, that's their so they thing. kind of deserve it. Yeah, that's true. I can't tell you the number of games that I've watched that they've been up 4 1 at mm. the middle of the third period and lost. So they just so let you down too many times. They deserve it. I, de- yeah. I didn't really watch hockey until I met Adam, <laughs> but I do know more about it than he gives me credit for, because I will throw out some names and go. some stats every now and then. We'll stop him dead in his tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so I do know what I'm doing. I just choose to not like them, but I'll cheer for them for True his competitor. sake. <laughs> just rip everybody apart. That's why I don't, didn't marry an athlete. It's perfect. <laughs> Just a drama girl. <laughs> <laughs> Delaney humors me on Sundays with the Ravens. She'll wear her Raven shirt every Sunday, but she doesn't understand like why I get so tied up in the Ravens. She's like, mm. you don't, you've never met any of them. <laughs> you never met like, them. Well, yeah, but I love them. <laughs> well, that's the, that's actually the thing that I think our sp- our sport lacks one hundred percent is like that community, like. I was in Brazil the other day watching the indoor match, and those fans were going yeah. crazy, just like they do in Europe and oh my all gosh. these other leagues. It was the Super League final, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, we're, yes. we're at the semifinal, and it was like they just were proud mm-hmm. to be representing that club, that brand. doesn't matter who's on the team. Switch them all out. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm just here to cheer on my team, my colors. We can't really have that in our sport. I think certain... Um, you can stop your friends, it. your brother, or something. Yeah. You know, you have the family. Like you go to like a Stad, and they go pretty nuts so, for the Swiss teams. So, yes, right. For the inter- internationally. Stops. Yeah. But not much. Mm-hmm. Maybe Stad. But Stad has the tr- the Europe's cheat, like at those. Uh, and then you Red have Bull Brazilians events. that show up everywhere. Exactly. Like, it's not yeah. the same. It's, it's we very have it, different. We have it a bit. Obviously, stadium court against Brazilians, like, no one's cheering for us, and all for them is great. But also, like, the most packed game I ever played was in Germany against Norway or against mm. Russia. Those were That was the loudest, the one you won, uh, the world champs, loudest stadium I ever played mm. in, probably. And they were just cheering for volleyball, really. Yeah. Like, they weren't cheering for either of us. Yeah. Plus, they like all know the same dances and like yeah. that's kind of cheat, like fake cheering. <laughs> They're actually just there to dance and have fun. Having anyway. played pro indoor in Brazil, you know what it's I like. Know, it yes. was it's so cool, fantastic. Exactly, like they are diehard. I was actually sitting in the the wrong section, the away team, and I was like, I do not want to cheer right now because yeah. <laughs> when they scored and that little section started cheering, 
everyone's eyes just went to us. Like, <laughs> Let's get them. Let's out cheer them and hopefully not kill them. But I was just like, you were I'm at, just, was it the I'm women's match you were watching? Yeah. Priya Kluby. Yeah. The so came, yeah, they, came new uh, Brie King, the setter. So she okay, got tickets. Okay, I played for Brie King's Flamingo? Team. Flamingo? They were it? a different team back then. Is Rio in Rio though, right? I played in Rio. In yeah. Rio. Okay. Yeah. And that club was a club yeah. even then. So did you play at Uberlandia? Yes. In that gym? Yeah. It's like kind of indoor outdoor. It was like a, a bigger Puerto Rico gym. Remind because I played in Puerto Rico. So it was like a little bigger version of that. Yeah. You have the birds flying around in the gym <laughs> when they have the indoor outdoor sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You gotta watch. Poop on the court. <laughs> Don't want to dive on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate. Good times. Well, I'm glad you got to go to that. That's yeah, it was cool. cool. It was good for me to get back and watch indoor. But then I was like, damn, they have good fans. They do. Indoors, different. It's different. It and is. Especially overseas. It was fun to commentate the Italian league. I'm like, this is... Oh, I watch that still. I love it. It's, I mean... That's really the first indoor I'd ever watched consistently. Holy cow. Mm. Those Women guys. Or men? Uh, I did two women's matches, but most gotcha. men. Gotcha. And they are animals. But, oh, the my God. The game has changed so much yeah. since I left. It is crazy. Yeah. When they're in system, like it's, it's impossible to stop, especially when you guys... You have guys hit like a TJ DeFalco coming in, hitting those bigs. Like, it's insane. Basically, mm-hmm. at the net. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Even yeah. the serve when you're, like, even watching them serve from the baseline. I love it. When they do that back camera angle and indoor, and you see these jump serves that, like, How they hook. move. Yeah, exactly. And then the libero is just, like, tracking, tracking, tracking. But then they're tracking, moving tracking. so fast that they're yeah. also going like this and hooking and they're spinning. Dropping it's like in. Yeah. And somehow they're passing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, anytime someone gets a dig, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, digs. Like, when the libero digs one down, or the set, or whoever, digs it down the line. Because you're so close. Yeah. Like, you're just, just strapping it on. Boom. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Anyway. Good memories. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pav, where can uh, people follow along your journey? You on... I am on social media. I don't post super often, but yeah, Instagram. Is Sarah Pavin? Sarah underscore. Sarah underscore Pavin. Yes. Here we go. Perfect. (laughs) I mix that up every now and then. Twitter. (laughs) I'm old, so that's still a thing that I use sometimes. And yeah. Perfect. Right on. Well, great catching up again. Had a blast. Good to have Try in here. It is. It was great to hang out with you guys. Full crew. Thanks for coming on. Thanks Thanks for for having me. Good luck to the Leafs. I'm rooting for them. I, I will, too. <laughs> Secretly. <laughs> Shoots. Shoots.